Here I am in Paris still. Um, I'm sitting here with Bernard Pais, who is yes. an entrepreneur and creative director. Hi, Bernard. Hi, how are you? Thank you for accepting this and being so willing. It's my pleasure. <laughs> so you've been working, I mean, you're a citizen of the world. I've been everywhere. <laughs> you've been everywhere as but, well. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm an Indian, born in Kuwait. I am an Indian who lived more of my life in Dubai. I had a business, a couple of businesses in Dubai. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and now I'm a Portuguese citizen living in France. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you can say I'm a... Uh, but I consider myself a citizen of the world. I've traveled enough, so yeah. And you've been uh, working for most of your life. You've been working in, in art direction, in creative direction, in creative direction, yes, yeah. in advertising. You had your own advertising company. Yeah. Now you work on, in packaging for perfumes, yes. is that right? Yes, uh, luxury perfume, uh, perfume packaging. And um, we were just discussing earlier about marketing. Oh. Because you know that my, my thing is, is authenticity, right? Yeah. Authentic storytelling. And we were just discussing uh, how, from my point of view, marketing is, is far away from authenticity because it kind of pretends there's something there that people want to buy and is that something that they, it's pretended that they feel attracted to. What are your views on this? Uh, you, okay, there, there are two sides to it. The way I, the way I look at it is I give... I give equal uh, bias to both because I've seen I, I've seen and done both sides of it you try and oversell in marketing yes but you also try and oversell yourself sometimes so you know there is a certain amount of um, uh, there's a certain amount of makeup as, as you would say to to beautify yourself in front of people or to beautify a product in front of people because the, the truth is all, you know, if I did a, for example, if I did a, if I did a, a photograph of a, a simple can of a soft drink, I would have to retouch that can to make it presentable, you know? And that's exactly what advertising is, is uh, it would over-glorify a product just to make it presentable. Now, how you interpret, you could interpret it in two ways. Are they they're doing it especially to, you know, make it look better than it really is, or they're making a presentation of their product, you know, so it's like that. Um, in, in the same, I find the same thing in, in, in the human, the human self, and also in, in marketing, you know. But isn't that one of the conditions of the, of the human mind, that we want to look good? It is. And isn't, isn't ugliness somehow raw and attractive just because it's raw because it's it's like it's, it doesn't have any makeup on uh, it's like a child like a child that don't pretend to be anything they just are yes like animals you're a big animal lover right yeah you're like dog dog lover i'm a creature lover <laughs> so dogs don't oh, you're a creature lover right <laughs> we were talking about snakes earlier <laughs> I, I love any 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 of god's creatures yeah <laughs> so I mean, I think humans are the only ones that overthink how they look and they want to look good. Animals don't care about that. And they're beautiful, aren't they? It's, it's really true. And they don't wear clothes, for example. You know, they don't hide anything. Yeah. Yet when we want to sell something like, like whatever, uh, a pet. Uh, I, know, I know your daughter, is that right? Uh, she's working on, on grooming for, for dogs right yes, now? Yes, yes, yeah. A behaviorist. behaviorist. That's what she's aiming to be. And, yeah. 
And, and, and so if we want to, if we want to, for example, sell, I'm just crossing things here, right? But if we want to sell... Cross away. A dog. <laughs> yeah. We have to, okay, we have to just make him look good. We have maybe retouch him a bit with Photoshop, right? The lighting is good, that everything just looks perfect. Yeah. But why is that? If we know that that dog is only perfect in an image, and when we get it, he's perfect in his own way, but he's raw. He's ugly as, ugly as well in his own way, and we love him for that. You know, I've just had a thought. I, I think it's a matter of evolution of the person. For example, there would be, in my life particularly, uh, I can only speak for myself, mm -hmm. um, there was a time when I was in the advertising business where image was a big part of what I had to be. Yeah. It is it is not because I would I loved it. Of course when I was, you know, living in the world of brands and big brands and all, yeah, you enjoy it. But of course it costs you a lot of money and that takes away from your your bottom line basically. But without that image, you wouldn't be treated as as an equal with another agency that was, uh, you know, uh, had suits as they call them, well-dressed Armani cut suits and things like that, you know. So there is a certain amount of image that we have been accustomed to as humans. Yeah. And yes, part of it has got to be the advertising and marketing because we, we know how much we retouch in, in, in the advertising world. So from that point of view, yes, marketing does uh, present uh, things, but in a lot more acceptable way, I think, you know. Because everybody cannot understand why this for example, this dog or this lady has hair that's covering her eyes and not, you know, every strand of hair is not in the right place. Mm. People cannot understand that. And I think, coming back to what I realize now, is there's a time in your life, like evolution, mm -hmm. where you can accept it after a while. Like most people, I think, they've seen life, they've been through the, you know, that image phase, which is basically uh, adulthood. Yeah. Uh, and and you know to go to an office you have to be well dressed yeah. to present in a presentation to make a presentation you have to be well dressed and it goes on but then you you kind of are coming towards retirement or you're an entrepreneur where you don't really you don't care what others you, think of you you don't care yeah and and that's i think it's an it's an important part of the whole evolution process mm. so yes marketing does make things look more beautiful for example but i think it's necessary to the consumer Okay. You know? So, and it, it has to do something with, uh, uh, with credibility as well, right? If you look good, you look more credible to your uh, potential clients. Exactly. You're taken more seriously, you know? You're taken seriously. It's unfortunate, but it's the way of the world. What do you think social media is doing to that nowadays? Because we see that social media... I like social media. You like social media? Because, I, me personally, I must confess, I, I don't buy into any of it yet. Okay. Because I signed off uh, Facebook about six or eight years back because it was just getting too much for me. You know, people posting their pictures and, you know, just, it was basically just, for me, it was just trying to scream their own selves, you know, yeah. and what's happening in their lives. And I really don't care what you're eating, you know, in which restaurant. A you're... big facade. They were doing the big marketing for themselves. There was this saying when I started using Twitter a few years ago that everybody used to tweet like a rock star. I just hated it. It's yeah, like, who's going to read my tweet? Who's going to be interested in what I had for breakfast this morning? No, this exactly, makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. 
we're tweeting and we're Facebooking and we're Instagramming yeah. like rock stars. But you know that again is a lot of the time it's people who are trying to project a different image than what they are, you know, and that's again it's it's up to the individual, you know. Me, I signed off because for me it was just too much of me, 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 yeah. you know. And and I got tired of posting pictures of myself and mm-hmm. my family and who wants to see. Okay, I, I know to a certain extent, yeah, you have a new baby, but you don't have to post pictures every, you know, twice a day or ten times a day in some cases. So it was a bit too much. And media for me is, of course, it's overkill, you know. After a while, you've got Facebook, you've got Twitter, you've got Instagram. No how much do you participate you know mm. then you've got the newspapers then you've got television then you've got t- radio and all there's these people that they post uh, I mean they're, they're celebrities that they post in social media like their, their life 24-7 for, for example I, wa- I was interested in sailing and I got the most amount of information like hardcore real life sailing information from a couple that was just sailing with cameras and and you realize yes it is not the rosy picture that you imagined there are storms you're against you're beating you know you're beating uh, you're fighting against nature you're beaten around and it's a matter of survival not sailing after a while you know so coming from you uh, an advertisement man creative director oh, yeah. right uh, so you have in one hand this the the, the classic uh, advertisement uh, industry, and on the other hand, you have these YouTubers that just share their experience in YouTube. Yeah. What are your thoughts? What where's the future of of uh, marketing? Yeah, what's the future of marketing marketing going to? I, I um, <laughs> it it would. <laughs> I think it Can would you be- get the crystal ball out and tell me where it's going? <laughs> I wish I could. I do. I do things for other sides of my life, <laughs> other portions of my life. But uh, I, I don't. I, I think there will always be a balance between two because there will always be a young person, and there'll always be an old person, and there'll always be different targets and different age groups and different needs. You know, the world at one point will not have the same consumer needs, so there will always be that. Okay. Of course, technology has changed it a lot. Now it's more spontaneous. Mm-hmm. So I like the spontaneity. I like the the rawness, you know, of of, of a subject matter. Um, but at the same time, I realize the importance of having that cleanup. You know. Okay. Like I need to have lipstick on when I go into a presentation or I, I need to have a, a, a coat on or, you know, the, because I respect the people I'm going to present to. Okay. Or I respect myself because I need to have a right image to the to pe- people that I'm presenting to because in all, in, all, in all hope that they too are well-dressed and, you know, well-presented because they take me seriously. And that's the way of the world. This but but then again, I look at I look at all the billionaires like uh, you know uh, the Facebook owners and the, uh, the Microsofts and all, and they don't really dress up the way we used to dress in the advertising but business. The Americans, know? anyway, they, they just no, but it's not it's not day. yeah exactly. But it's not only that. I think it is it is also a, a change in uh, psychology. Mm. You know, the human psyche is changing with this new generation and with digital, mm. because you're not you're not. Of, you know, 
uh, in front of the person. So it's about digital. Yeah. It's also about the digital age where you don't really need to be there, yeah. where you still make a presentation. And it's like news readers, they have, sh they have their running shorts on <laughs> and they have a, <laughs> a, a worsted blazer. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they're only pretending from waist up. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, so it's the same thing. Yeah. So uh, you're talking about, about the environment, about being well-dressed. If you go into an environment that expects you Correct, to be yeah. well-dressed, yeah. right? I, I was just uh, remembering this, uh, this experiment they did uh, as this, uh, this famous uh, violin player. Oh yes, I remember uh, that in the, in the in tube the in London, yeah. London, and of course nobody, nobody just stopped. Nobody, just maybe some people just gave him yeah, a bit of yeah. change, right? But it's all about the environment. If that person plays where he usually plays, which is in a big hall, yes. where you have to pay a big price yeah, yeah. To, to see him play, the expectations are yeah. totally different, right? So that that's the environment. Like I said, image play is it does play a big part. In, in, in so the what is, consumer psyche. What is your definition of two words? First, when you mentioned spontaneity, natural, and authenticity. Natural again. I think I think it's a state. Uh, you know, authenticity is a state of mind, um, and and I think that's that's what. Again, I think this comes after. You cannot be. You have to evolve, so you you cannot be you you cannot be authentic a lot of the time because the system or society or the moment demands it of you to be to represent yourself in that way. Isn't that evil? <laughs> I, I don't think it's evil. I think you know it's like uh, why does a man why why does a white man and a black man and and why does a poor man and a rich man you know it's like these differences okay they they they, they will be there in society you will i like to i like to be presented well whereas someone else might not be like to be presented well they're just like that you know they might talk badly they they might behave badly in public they don't they don't they're not worried about their image that's the way they are and they expect you to accept them that way but i cannot do that because I have, to, I have to be nice to my fellow human. I have to be dressed because I expect to be, you know, to be seen in a different light or seen in the light that I really am. I don't overdress. I don't wear, I don't wear jewelry, for example, because I, I don't want to be seen in that light, you know. But then what dress code do you follow? Because we're not, we're not, we don't have one unified culture in this planet. We have like thousands of cultures, yeah. of codes, of ways of Definitely, following doing yeah. things. So then you have to be like a chameleon. If you go to Paris, you have to wear like this. If you go to India, you have to wear like that. If you go to Barcelona, you have to wear like that. Correct. So, yeah. so you so, know, so um, authenticity is diluted. It, to my it, point, it, it is diluted to the point where it's acceptable to you. If it's not acceptable to you, I don't expect you to change the way you are, you know, that drastically. But then I will be banned from certain uh, environments. But then, then you have to decide if that environment is really what you need or not, you know. So and, there's a price to authenticity. There is a price to it, yeah. Yeah, I definitely think so. As a customer or a supplier, I would go into a meeting in the advertising business, or even in my, the perfumery business, I'd go into a meeting and the customer was late. 
and I would, if it was more than 20 minutes, I would get up and walk away. You said 15 minutes earlier. 15 to 20 minutes. No, <laughs> but this is it. Normally it was 15 minutes. But then I said, okay, fine, because, uh, because then I realized, okay, that's another thing. I realized I could stay longer because I would read a book or, or write a plan mm. or do some creative because I always had my agenda with me. So I just, you know, sketch and things like that. So I actually, as I grew older, see, that's another thing. As I grew older, I realized that I, since I've taken the time to go to someone's place, if they're late, I would rather sit and do some thinking and not just sit and get upset, you know. So there's another, there's another way how I evolved to suit my customer, but at the same time take advantage of it. So I guess, I guess age gives you flexibility, right? Age gives you wisdom. wisdom. <laughs> Definitely, because I, I, would, I, would be, I would consider myself a hot-blooded uh, young entrepreneur in those days. And I've walked out of meetings. I don't care whether you're the CEO of a huge, uh, you know, of a huge brand. But that's the way I was. And I would tell them straight to their face, if, if you hired me, it's for my expertise. So don't try and design, you know. I'll do your designs and your, uh, your, your communication. And you do what you do, trading, you know. Would you say that's a, there's a, there's a pretty um, Western mindset? I think, yes, it, it is. Yeah, because the Asian mindset is to be a little, a lot more passive. And, and, and in, in my opinion, uh, it's detrimental to the relationship because I think in a relationship, any relationship, it has to be honesty and authenticity, of course. But if I tell my client that, uh, you know, you're doing this too often and I'm going to stop coming. I lose the job, you know. I lose the project. So it is, you, you, there is a sacrifice in authenticity, yeah. There is. And yes, I have sacrificed because of that. Like, a, a typical example is um, uh, I, I would refuse to give anybody commission. And this is a very, obviously in business, it's a very common thing. Mm -hmm. if, if, you, you are with, uh, if you are with a brand and I'm, and I'm doing a product launch for you, you say, okay, Bernard, I'll give you the product launch. It's, the budget is $100,000. Keep 10% aside for me. And I would just flatly say, I would do two things. I said, either you give me the project and you don't get a commission, or I find another client. And so I lost a lot of business like that. I, and, and as a young entrepreneur, I don't think it was the right thing to do in retrospect. There could have been another way around it, you know. I've had all thoughts about this. But did, where did you get that? Why did you start doing that? If that I think I was always, that, I was always like that. I was, I was too, I was brutal. I was brutally honest from as far back as I remember. That was me. Well, where know? did that come from? Because you went against 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 your culture, right? The environment you, you were born in. Uh, well, I was born out of India. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, I, I don't know, really. I think, because I remember my dad was also a businessman. And he was, he was like me. He would speak his mind, no matter who it was. <laughs> and, and I think I got okay. that from him. Yeah, I think it was, uh, I think it's in the genes. <laughs> yeah. My daughter is like that. <laughs> After a certain while, you realize you have become wiser with age. You know, you have mellowed down. You are, you are more accepting of other people's faults. You know, things like that. It's, it's quite interesting. 
But strangely enough, when it comes to your own family, you're a lot more brutal. At least that's the way you, that's the way I feel. Because if it's a stranger, you can get away with not telling them. It doesn't matter because you're not going to meet them again. But when it's your own son or your child or your wife or whatever, or your brother or your sister, uh, you, you want to, you know, either, you feel like you want to make them better people, you know. Yeah. But but it really doesn't work like that. So, yeah, I'm still learning. <laughs> We're learning till we go to the grave. <laughs> I think we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I want to I wanna ask you about going back to going back to media. As you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a filmmaker. I'm a documentary filmmaker. Though I'm changing the, that label from filmmaker to storyteller. Nice. Because it's I like, like it's a broader, yeah, yeah. right? Um, so, you know, from a storytelling point of view, yeah. how do you achieve authenticity? How do you communicate, express authentically through this crystal, uh, yeah, this wall that is the medium, whether it is um, a public speaking or writing or filmmaking or photography yeah. or art? I, I think you, I think in my opinion, the best not the best way but I would deal it I would deal with it this way I would be myself and I would make a decision I had to make a conscious decision to be myself no matter who the public is or who I'm addressing and that's how I would achieve my sense of authenticity and, and that's how I normally am anyway you know I, I don't change because of uh, 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 I don't change because of a situation. I try as much as possible to let the situation revolve the way I want it to. You know, but uh, you accommodate your 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 language to the situation. Like earlier, for example, when I yeah. I, I was I was very blunt when we were having brunch before the recording the interview. I was very blunt, like. I have a problem with, with marketing. I have this resistance with marketing because like, it's like pretending, it's not authentic, it's like yeah. sells you something and then under delivers, yeah. right? And, and I noticed you were like toning down, right? And managing your language. So, yeah. so does, is that a part of being authentic? It, it is being authentic because you can't change what's inside, for example, you right. know? But you can change what's outside. And that's what most of marketing is. It's what is the outside world? What's the, what's the uh, preconception of the outside world? And you want the outside world to understand you because in marketing, there's, 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 in advertising, there's a phrase. You've got two seconds to catch your consumer. So if you don't present it in the, in, in the way that the consumer has already... Um, accustomed to then you straight away kind of uh, have a disadvantage so uh, it, it's not a matter of being authentic or not you know because I mean some some advertising or marketing is really uh, you know uh, misleading really truly misleading and that's that's done by people who really don't have who, who don't have anything to sell or they're just trying to make it up or you know it's a it's a joke you know but you do have to adapt to your customer and your customers expectations if you're in the real sense of the word marketing you know mm -hmm. uh, because you have to and marketing is 
is basically giving the, the giving your consumer or your customer what they want. So if you're in business of persuasion, you can always choose to persuade from a place of integrity. Of course, yeah. And, and that's were, the way it should be. And actually, you can't, that's what you were sharing with me earlier, right? That uh, when we were uh, living 30, for 33 years in, in Dubai, right? Yeah. Uh, and you, were, you, were, you had your, this big um, uh, advertising agency yeah. that you had clients, international clients, <laughs> big, big companies, big brands yeah. that you were promoting. Uh, and now you're actually working with, with the people that create the, the perfumes Uh, so it's not like you're selling your, your soul, right? You're not, it's not like no. you're selling your, your services no. without caring if that promise is there to be mm. delivered. Now you know the promise is there, it's going to be delivered because the products you are advertising or you're creating package for are good. Yes. You know, the, 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 the funny thing is, the reason why I left advertising was because I was disenchanted by not the... You know, not not the, uh, uh, the the industry itself. It was where I was and how it was being conducted, which was which was against my ethics. Because, for example, uh, I was dealing with the marketing director of a big brand, um, a pharmaceutical brand, for example. Oh, and, pharmaceuticals. And and yeah. yeah, and and I know that the marketing managers, they will leave in one or two years for a better salary. Hmm. So they, they are not committed to the brand at all. On the other hand, I, it, with my working ethics, I am committed to a brand for the rest of my life. Like for example, I will never drink Pepsi. Never. You, you know what I mean? Because you've advertised for Coca-Cola. Because I've, I've, had, I've handled Coca-Cola for 10 years you know, in the advertising agency. But I still don't, even today, although I'm not an advertising man, I don't drink Pepsi. I don't drink any other cola, you know. And I'll go to a, a, a fast food chain, if I do fast food at all, I'll go to a fast food chain that has Coke. Coke. So it's like that. But, but the customer, the, my customers, don't understand that, you know. So it's... Well, are you talking about values in the end, right? And, yeah. and, and following your values and not... Your own values, yeah. Exactly, and yeah. not betraying your own values, right? Exactly, that, yeah. that's, that's what integrity is, right? Yeah. And, uh, the way I understand True. integrity is, 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 is sticking to your values. True. And this is why I left the advertising business, because for me, I had to pitch to the same client, to my same customer, the pharmacist or the pharmaceutical company, every two years and that was ridiculous because the marketing manager goes the new marketing manager comes he comes in with his own uh, views and I have to I have to convince him that I'm the right company for him all over again hmm. after working with the, the brand for two years you know? so when I had an opportunity to uh, work in the perfume business in packaging I realized that I'm dealing with the grandfather the son the grandson and then it and they left me to do what i do and they would just do their what they do you know trading and that was fulfilling you know from a from from a not as much as a monetary point of view than the advertising of course advertising there was a lot more money but what i wanted was fulfillment of just work you know creativity that kind of thing 
and personal relationships like today we are like an extended family you know so th- this this is what for, for me it was yeah and, and again it comes back to being authentic uh, authentic I even changed my field because I wanted to be authentic you know and I wanted fulfillment what is the price you had to pay and would have, would, would you pay it again yeah I, I don't change for anybody I, I, the, the, the one thing that I've always stuck with in my life is my ethics and my beliefs I don't I have never changed them I've, I may have adapted or adopted in a situation to one or two people or whatever if they were demanding but most of the time I ended up with clients who would just let me do what I wanted because that's what I do and if they didn't accept my honesty my authenticity and my frankness then they were not made for me and I would actually resign the account so yeah authenticity uh, does cost you <laughs> we were just talking earlier uh, with, with your wife with Jennifer um, and she was saying oh I'm an intuitive one and you were saying yeah but I'm, I'm I can always tell if I'm talking to somebody I don't connect with I can always tell there's something wrong right? I've been blessed with that kind of thing that's what I think you know? and um, I have I have uh, actually given up uh, certain meetings certain clients from the first um, uh, ca- casual meeting not a business meeting just a casual meeting I'll be invited to pitch and I'll just either decide not to do it make an excuse or give a quotation that's that's unrealistic just to avoid working with him and yeah it, it has you know I've, I've found that it's proved uh, I've proved myself right and I and I'm the kind of person actually who doesn't have regrets you know if I make a decision I tell the children too I said make a decision and stick with it no matter what so that's that's taking decisions from your heart right it's making, exactly making it's, choices it's, it's not changing your ethics that's that's the main thing you take a decision based on your ethical judgment and then you just stick with it and then life becomes really easy because you're not you're not playing games you know it's either yes or no and then when it is a yes you're chasing it with your life it's it's risky though right it's risky like life is risky <laughs> life is risky i i didn't risk you know i i i i did not even fathom what would happen to me when i moved to france i landed up in hospital when i was in hospital i realized there are a lot of people who need help even though they don't ask for it yeah. so it's very important to be mindful and aware of the people even your friend circle you know you might not like you said you, some friends not authentic like they'll show that they're having a good time at home but they're coming from broken families or broken relationships and 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 you you need to be aware of this and then you can offer help you know so and this is what i would like to do for the, like i always i always broke my life into thirds you know So your first third is your studies and your youth. Your second third is your working life and your marriage and you're bringing up your kids. And then your third is giving back all that you've enjoyed over the last two thirds, you know. And that's what, that's what we came to France for. That's how we, uh, my wife and myself, wanted to, you know, um, see the third part of our life spent. My mother actually taught me that I cannot go to sleep 
without apologizing to the person who I harmed or um, going to sleep with any anger. Yeah. And this is what I've also translated, transferred to uh, my children. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and most of us, I would say, carry our, our shame, our anger, uh, and our regrets uh, for many, many to the years. grave, <laughs> and some, some, and some of us to the grave. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it takes, <coughs> it takes courage to, of course, if you do it on a daily basis, it you don't let it grow, right, and accumulate. Yeah, yeah. So, so this is the main it thing. Courage. It takes courage, and I don't think it takes courage. I think it takes. It doesn't take courage. It takes humility. It's not courage at all. It's humility. Uh, all of us are too wrapped up in projecting an image, like you said, authenticity. Yeah. We are projecting an image that we are not. You try to be bold, but you're not being bold. You're being cowardice. You're being cowardly. If you, uh, like a simple thing like saying you're sorry, it doesn't take courage. It takes humility. So you, and once you say sorry, the feeling, you cannot replace it with anything else here. Because sorry is a complete abandonment of your own res reservations, and your own, you know, whatever. And, and this again is what I, we, I've passed on to the children is you don't go to sleep, you don't go to bed in the night without apologizing to your family who you've hurt today. <coughs> so you get up in the morning and you've got a brand new slate to start off with. <laughs> that's great advice. Yeah, exactly. That's that's. I mean, I was brought up that, I, and I just passed it on. Yeah. That that's great, <laughs> uh, and I think that's that's a great note to to end with. So thank you so much. Yeah. Bernard <laughs> thank Pius. thank you for letting me share. <laughs> well, thank you for accepting my invitation, Bernard Pires, um, entrepreneur a and creative director. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> All the best, man. I wish you uh, good luck on your. Uh, your quest. Thank you. <laughs>